little stars, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. We are cosmic explorers without a clue. But we'll follow the clues and maybe we'll make it to the pit stop. Oh, yes. And get to go on to another leg of the, of amazing, the amazing spiritual cos- race. I was going to say cosmic race. <laughs> oh, I love that. The amazing cosmic race. Uh, yeah, we're still watching old seasons of The Amazing Race because Brandon's going to go on. I would love to go on The Amazing Race. He's going to apply. I'm going to apply with my best friend, Nick. I can't wait. It'll to be watch y'all. some good TV. It will be. A lot of public meltdowns oh my god i can't wait like the one you had in spain okay all right (laughs) oops did i say too much no that's actually a pretty good story you want to tell the gazers real fast about my public meltdown in spain what city were we in we were in granada granada we had just gotten off a train Mm -hmm. and we were walking down this street looking for our hotel what ended up being a gorgeous hotel with a beautiful view of the alhambra it's gorgeous uh but uh struggling to find our way there uh, we were walking and walking, knew we were going the right way, but Brandon was getting a little frustrated with how long the walk was taking and dragging his suitcase behind him and then hit a curb and off the suitcase's handle went. No. No? Was the wheel. Oh, the wheel, The right. wheel came off. And so that just sent me into a tailspin. And if I recall correctly, I began to punch my suitcase yeah on like a street corner yeah just another crazy american (laughs) just a bunch of people walking by to be fair we had just come from like a week-long wedding that was like very stressful staying at like a big house with a bunch of people who were very difficult and i just think like the stress of that and just wanting to like get to a safe quiet place of our own which was the hotel and that suitcase's wheel just uh it was the straw that broke my heart <laughs> well see the actual wheel itself was not memorable to me but you on your knees on the ground screaming into a uh, suitcase seared into my mind and i'm sure a lot of other residents of granada as well <laughs> i'm sure totally. there's like a family right now being like remember that crazy american who we found punching his suitcase so coming soon to cbs the Amazing Race. Yes. Get ready wait. for some public meltdowns. <laughs> uh, should we uh, introduce ourselves? Uh, yeah. Who you be? I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a producer and a, an astrologer and a cosmic teacher, a healer, a queeler. Queeler. Uh, and uh, your husband. A philosopher. Yes. A mystic. A mystic. I am a modern mystic. A crystalista. Um, I've been thinking about that word mystic a lot lately. And just, I remember our interview with Mantis and how much he like lives by that and owns it. And I really really want to follow that path as well. I love it so. Well, you both share that like Taurus mystic quality, right? Yes, we both have that Taurus rising. So we, uh, I guess, just exude beautiful mystical quality (laughs) totally he sure does yeah he really does uh who are you Uh, i'm brandon alter how'd you get in here sorry (laughs) i just snuck in through the window uh i'm brandon alter i'm a puncher of suitcases a mystic uh i'm a spiritual healer an astrologer a tarot reader and i'm also a writer and a performer and a person in the world Doing the best I can. Also a Capricorn moon. I am a Capricorn moon. We're recording this as the moon is conjunct your moon, correct? Yes, I have the moon on my moon. So how are you feeling? I have a headache. (laughs) And I'm feeling a little spiky. Wow. There you are. Capricorn moons at their purest form. Ah, yes. With headaches and spiky emotional qualities. But still getting the job done. But still here. Mm-hmm. No, it feels good to be here. It feels good to be sitting in front of the mic across from you and connecting with our community. Yes, yeah, our first episode of 2021, which I'm still getting used to saying, seriously. 
I just slid right in, I think, because I was so tired of saying 2020. Right. Well, of course. But it just seems so, I don't know, next level. 2021. It's like the Jetsons. <sighs> I still remember when it was 1985. That's the year I was born. So I don't remember that year. All right. <laughs> well, I was 26. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Should we uh, check in with each other? Okay. Yes, we haven't spoken since the new year. No, this is the first time. We've been silently orbiting each other. Just like, shh, save it for the podcast. (laughs) I don't want to know anything about you. (laughs) Uh, Who's going to go first? Why don't you go first? All righty. I am doing pretty well, I'd say, moving into this new year. I... Uh, definitely enjoyed having some downtime over the end of last year. Um, this has been like the first full week back or last week was the first full week back. And, um, it's been nice. We had a great breathwork session. It was really nice, like connecting back in with community again. Um, you know, had some great clients this past week and, uh, also just getting some of my, creative projects rolling, have these TV projects that I'm writing, um, that are really like getting some air. So I'm really, really excited about those and kind of claiming myself as a TV writer this year, or just like a writer of TV and film. That's kind of the next, uh, iteration for me. I'm just speaking it out loud even more and more. Um, but yeah, definitely like getting some movement in those areas and uh, we did a lot of exciting planning for the Spiritual Gaze 2021 uh, class sessions and everything we have going on there. So um, I guess I'm like speaking about how I'm doing. Uh, off- in a very Capricorn Moon sort of way. Well, I was going to say in, in a very 10th house way, too, because I have uh, Aquarius rules my 10th house. And as... Uh, Jupiter and Saturn are pretty much conjunct my midheaven right now. So I'm definitely like feeling all of this, like, all right, what's the big picture? Where are we going? Like ready to be a boss and having, um, you know, already feeling like the energy of the other planets starting to make their way into there. So um, definitely uh, excited to see what happens. But yeah, emotionally I am, holding it together. I'm feeling okay. Yeah. There's like a buoyancy to you. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it was good to just kind of get onto the other side of some things, which I feel like I did for sure. Um, or at least I can see the other side of them in a much clearer way. So, um, that certainly helps. So what about you? How are you doing? What's the tea? I'm doing great. Um, I'm excited for 2021. I just spent the last couple of days working on the tarot scopes. And like you said, it just feels really good to kind of like be back in community and kind of be like sifting through all of this astrology and making sense of it. And I'm, I'm excited for the year ahead. And it's exciting that we, um, have figured out like our course schedule and that we're going to be teaching chart and soul in March. Um, which is our like signature astrology course. And you can actually register for that now. Woohoo! Um, we've got some early bird specials going on if you sign up before the 11th of February. Um, and yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the break, but to be honest with you, I'm kind of happy to have like something to focus on because we've just been like stuck in this bungalow for <laughs> 11 months now and I've watched more TV in one year than I think I have in my entire life. So I'm kind of like sick of TV. I'm like sick of staring at screens. Um, so to kind of get back to work, even though I'm like connecting with clients via a screen, it feels different. So that feels nice, actually. I'm sure they missed you as well. Who? Your clients. My clients. Yeah. yeah. No, I've had some phenomenal clients these past two weeks. And it's just been great to dive into some charts and do some year ahead tarot spreads we did some year ahead tarot spreads for each other which was really enlightening i don't know if you want to share anything about your year ahead tarot spread um well i'm in an ace of cups month but it was ace of cups reversed 
So I think I'm just, um, definitely feels like new beginnings, but perhaps a little like reticent to like actually feel them. Yeah. <laughs> a slow grow. Yeah. But I'm in it for sure. Yeah. Good. And I had the devil at the middle of my wheel. Oh yeah. Which in some ways I think is about discipline is something that came through for me because mm. the devil is connected to Capricorn. And my Capricorn moon is about discipline. Like the way I can take care of myself is through discipline, which does not actually always come that easily to me. But I think this is a year for me to kind of double down on some of my spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. um, but simultaneously, the devil is about the physical pleasures of being alive. And so I hope that this is a year where I get to, you know, leave the bungalow <laughs> and, and, and taste the pleasures of the devil. For sure. And as you said, jokes and humor. So hopefully 2021 has a lot of laughs. That would be nice. Yeah. I like to hear your laugh. I don't remember what card was at the center of mine. It's the Eight of Wands. Oh, right. Major energetic spiritual expansion. Yeah, yeah. And movement. Divine timing. Breaking open. Catching the wind. Mm. That's why I title this year for you. Angel Lopez, 2021, Catching the Wind. Oh, I like that. I'm in the breeze. Yeah, girl. I am the breeze. You're like those uh, gutsy grandmas hang gliding in uh, Brazil. So you are associating me with a 60-year-old woman? <laughs> that tracks, doesn't it? Thanks, honey. You're welcome. Well, I'm calling your year the year of the horny goat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your devil card. You'd appreciate that, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. I bet. Just the horny goat dancing around on his hooves. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all righty then. Well, since we're going to do a large cosmic update around the astrology of 2021, uh, we thought we'd do a little fun, quick uh, segment before we get there. So let's uh, take a little dose, dose of, of reality. reality. So I just want to start by saying Angel had never seen season five and season six of The Real Housewives of New York City. No, I have not. And while I had seen them, for somehow, I couldn't remember having seen them. Well, we figured out what the somehow was, right? Because I was just like, hi, when yeah. I watched it, probably. It was just like some sort of like walking blackout, possibly. It's fair. <laughs> Who can say? Also, when you watch enough of these shows, like it is difficult for me to like remember. Yeah, it all things. blends in. But yeah, I was like... I do not remember this season at all, really. And then slowly it started to come back. Yeah. We only watched season five of the two. That's true. We yeah. still have season six to look forward to. Yeah. But it was highly entertaining. Very entertaining. And it made me miss Carol Raswell. Yeah. That was really, I think, the great takeaway of it was how fantastic she was. Yeah. And such a breath of fresh air from any of the other housewives, unlike any of them that's ever existed. Totally. She wasn't really there trying to like sell a, you know, a wine brand or, you know, kind of like make TV. She was just there as like a journalist because she's like a junkie for drama. Yeah. For her, it was just, it was almost like a social experiment. I totally. Like. <laughs> um, I hope she writes some great book based off of it at some point. Yeah. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. I still want to read her book. Oh, What Remains. Yeah. I know. I want to read that, too. Yeah, I need to get Did that. Did you order it? No. Well, girl, get on it. I, I have so many books right now. I've just been, like, waiting. You can never have too many books. <laughs> that's not true. I want to, it's, It is true. I want to have a shelf that's just books that are waiting for me to read them. Oh, my gosh. Murray Kondo would have a fit. Well, Murray Kondo can kiss my ass because Ooh. fiction is my drug of choice, and I just want to know that I always have my supply waiting for me. Well, the reality is you would find a way to get through them all yeah for sure um and yeah they should be a shelf because right now they're just in piles on the floor i know i'm sorry <laughs> i've purchased a lot of books recently should apologize to the authors i'm not apologizing to those authors i guess yeah they got a little money out of it yeah um i think the biggest news in reality tv is uh the return of rupaul's drag race which has been very exciting to have back i feel like you know, normally drag race is like one of those things that feels like it's always on. And then like 
everyone complains and they're like, there's too much of it. Um, but I'm, it's so welcome for me right now. Yeah. It's great to have it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of breaking its usual format. Yeah. It's kind of taking us on like a wild ride. So I'm appreciating and simultaneously struggling with not knowing what's next. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was slightly frustrating at first to not just like have it be the traditional format of like we meet all the queens, they all perform, one of them goes home. Now it's like split into two groups. And yeah, but I've actually enjoyed it because I feel like I'm getting to know them a little more. Um, and we've only really gotten to like deep dive into half of them. So it's actually uh, very Uranian, right? Like mm, to shake up the for sure. kind of established pattern of things. Mm hmm. It's kind of Uranus and Taurus. Oh, definitely. Um, but definitely having some faves jump out. Who are uh, your top three as of this moment? Mm, top three as of this moment. Well, the ones that come to mind, Simone. Of course. Give her the crown already. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Just. She's got the phenomenal. whole package. Mm -hmm. She's gorgeous. She's talented. She can lip sync the house down. She gives oh incredible gosh. performance. So and funny. Face, so funny. She's got heart. I'm so here far. Yeah, but no, I'm, yeah, like super excited by what she's going to offer. Uh, I'd say Olivia Lux. That's also my number two. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Star power. Totally. That uh, smile. Mm -hmm. That smile is her secret weapon. Yeah. Lights up a room. And some of those outfits she brought were just so gorgeous. I know, I love them. Um, but I appreciated like her whole sort of like un feeling like an underdog story and then kind of getting to, you know, sort of see her inner confidence actually vindicated, you know, validated by the judges. It was a pretty, it was a pretty quick underdog top dog story though. It was just well, like yeah. the arc of one episode. Well, All yeah. the Queens like underestimated her coming out the gate and then she like placed really high in that first episode. But even still, I think as like, you know, anyone who's ever kind of like been in that position, even in just like, you know, a day of where you feel like no one is paying attention to you in the room, but mm -hmm. you know, you have something to bring and like then actually getting to like you know, have that validated by the people who are making decisions. Um, I think that like will bode really well for her going into the competition. For sure. And she, and she deserves it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess probably my like number three as of now, and granted we haven't met like some of them more. So I already know who your number three is, but I, I can't give it to her. I'm going to just give it to one of the Queens we've gotten to know more. And that would be Candy Muse. Though the looks are not strong, They're I'm just like strong. obsessed with her personality. For sure. And um, yeah, I, she just like makes me happy. Um, so uh, I am hopeful that the aesthetic will grow. And even if not, I can stay on a Party City Queen with, with no problems. And she's not really Party City. She's more like the mall. Yeah. She's like the bodega. <laughs> okay. She like bought a tank top from the bodega and bedazzled it. Well, somebody should. Um, okay. So yeah, Angel knows that I'm obsessed with Kimora Hall. Exactly. Because she wore a vintage Bob Mackie gown to the first episode. And I guarantee you, she packed a trunk full of fashions. But we haven't gotten much of her. So my top three right now is Gottmik because Gottmik is incredible. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the skills, the fashion, the makeup, the personality. And I'm also just like standing the first trans man contestant of RuPaul's Drag Race. For I think sure. It is fucking amazing. So, so yeah. And then Kamar Hall is like my close fourth. <laughs> I mean, she's who I'm rooting for only just because I think she's so fucking gorgeous. And oh I just like God. love a gorgeous fashion queen. Of course. Because you are one. That's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is there any other reality that we should update? I mean, there's things, but I think we should really get into let's just, the let's juice. Just get into the juice. Yeah. All right. So prepare yourselves for this episode's Deep, Deep Dive. Dive. 
So we are talking about the astrology of 2021. It's like the coming attractions for the movie you're about to watch. Yes. Except you're not watching it, you're in it. <laughs> Surprise! And we're already here. Oh, shit. We're in the first minutes of the film. You walked in late. Girl, sorry, I was getting my popcorn. Exactly, but the lights have went out and the credits have begun to roll. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, pardon me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. oh my phone's ringing. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, do you remember movie theaters? I do. I miss them. I know. I do too, actually. Yeah, I miss going to the movies. Um, someday. All right, now let's, I just got real sad. Snap out of it. <laughs> All right. Where were we? We were just beginning to talk about 2021's astrology. And there's a lot. There's a lot happening, and we probably won't be able to cover all of it, but we want to talk about, like, the headliners. Yeah. And I will say it's not as, like, varied as 2020's astrology was. No. Yeah, it's not all, all over the board. Um, and I definitely don't think that it's as, like, you know... Punishing? <laughs> yeah relentless exactly all of all of the above um you know but i do still think it's going to offer us some um, real surprises and you know some challenges to uh the structures that we have been working to put in place yeah we're not going from like a global pandemic to a cakewalk it's not that easy no. But to me, the astrology of 2021 feels like there are like moments of hot spots and then moments of relief. Whereas 2020 felt pretty much like an onslaught. It just like never let up. Yeah, and it has like very specific areas to pay attention to, right? Yeah. You know, like yes, 2020 was all about like that sort of like clustered spot in Capricorn. Um but Aries was then involved and there were lots of retrogrades and, you know, it was kind of like all over and everything was squaring each other at most of the time or various times. Survive, yeah, it was a lot. And, you know, in astrology, as you know, there is square energy, which, you know, is a bit more con conflicting, you know. Um, it's confrontational. Yeah. To me, I think of it as like an arm wrestling match. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens at the end of an arm wrestling match? A makeout? No. I mean, uh, that'd be hot. I'd love that. They shake hands. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a sense of, like, collaboration and working together that mm -hmm. has to happen as well. Right. Which I think we need to remember with Square Energy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, I think that is probably the headline of this year is... Uh, this square energy that is going to be occurring between Saturn in Aquarius and Uranus in Taurus. Um, and it's going to be on some level just kind of happening all year because um, they're in relationship, you know, in a relatively close fashion throughout the year. Yeah. Um, they start we, to pull away a little bit more in the back half of the year. Right. But for these first six months, I don't think they ever get more than like three degrees away from each other. Yeah, they're really flowing. And um, they do have three direct hits this year. Uh, February 17th, June 14th, and December 24th. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Brought to you by Uranus and Saturn. Oh, you hoes. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, those are the direct hits of it. Um, but yeah, like we've been saying, you're definitely going to kind of feel into some of that energy um, throughout the year. Uh, I can't remember. Do you have a square Uranus? No, you don't have a Uranus-Saturn square in your chart. No, I natally. don't. Yeah. No. I have every other square, but not that one. <laughs> um, I do have a Uranus-Saturn square. Oh, you do? I do. Um, and it's actually in the opposing signs. It's in Leo and Scorpio. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be really having a <laughs> field day with these. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I'm going through my Saturn opposition and my Uranus opposition this year. Sounds like a lot. 
It feels like a lot, yeah. for sure. I'm just going to take 10 steps back. <laughs> what does that mean? space. Oh, yes. You're going to take 10 steps back from me. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, but uh, just in like thinking about that for myself, like how the that square shows up. I mean, specifically, you know, I guess we should just talk generally, though. Uh, Saturn being that planet that rules our greatest fears, limitations, um, but ultimately is, you know, interested in uh, responsibility, authority, structure, you know, and how we take responsibility for ourselves, um, not only in the structures that we are building for ourselves um, and the work that we're doing in the world, but also in how we uh, react and respond and relate to our own fears and any sort of self-limiting beliefs or activities that we take part in. So you have Saturn there, you know, in Aquarius now, uh, which is that sign that, I mean, it, it rules of a number of things, but for me, it feels like the most important things in regards to what, what we're talking about is uh, independence and individuality, just because it's important to take responsibility for your individual nature and how you go about seeking independence and exerting your independence. So on the other side of that, then you have Uranus, which is that planet that rules, well, it's really connected to that all that Aquarian stuff, right? So it rules independence, individuality, um, you know, your freedom, your authenticity, um, and really where you seek uh, inspiration for all types of things. And uh, that being in the grounding energy of Taurus and really trying to bring some of these aspects of yourself into form because that's really what Taurus wants, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it in terms of like how this planetary energy might be happening within you, which is that as you take responsibility, Saturn, for your uniqueness and your independence and your individuality and for your place in humanity, because Aquarius is really connected to humanity. So as you do that Saturn work, it helps you to kind of express it and to be liberated because Uranus is kind of the great liberator, also the great disruptor. So we'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, but the more you can do the work of claiming and taking responsibility for your Aquarius, the more you can actually plant it, root it, grow it, manifest it through Taurus. Oh, yeah. So these planets can work together. And in fact, they do work together because they both co-rule Aquarius. Because Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. And then they discovered Uranus. And they were like, oh, I guess Uranus makes more sense as the modern ruler of Aquarius. So interestingly enough, both of them rule Aquarius, but Saturn's there, and Uranus is over in Taurus, squaring Aquarius, but they're both in some ways kind of like trying to wrestle for for rightful rulership of Aquarius. Totally. And I think it's interesting to look at Uranus as this like disruptor, as this rebel. You know, it's one of the more contemporary planets, so it represents like the new guard. Whereas Saturn is definitely like the entrenched old guard. And we see that happening is there's this like battle between the established and the new. And it's for humanity, right? Like there's this sense that the old guard and the new guard are kind of battling it out. And ideally, they'll be able to shake hands at the end of this as we disrupt the status quo. Yeah, and we saw so much of the old guard come to light over the last couple of years while Saturn was moving through its still traditional sign of Capricorn. Right. So it's really like almost like four years of real Saturnian rule. Right. Yeah, well, Saturn's been in charge, you know? Saturn mm -hmm. was in Capricorn, feeling powerful. Saturn's in Aquarius, still feeling powerful, but now Uranus is going like, hey, bud, like, you're not the only one here. And kind right. of sending these Uranian electric lightning bolts over to Saturn to kind of shake him out of his, you know, old entrenched ways totally and your old entrenched ways or the old guard within right like how does the patriarchy or the heterosexual oppressor or you know racism and segregation like how do all of these things still have roots within you and uranus and uranus is there to shake it up 
my anus is there to shake it up. <laughs> you should watch it go. Girl, your anus can dismantle the patriarchy like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop it. Um, but the other thing I, I want to just mention is that Uranus has been in Taurus for a hot second. Mm-hmm. But we're really going to feel Uranus in Taurus because this square wakes it up. And so it is disruption on the Earth plane because Taurus is like Mother Earth. So to me, it feels like all of a sudden we're really getting a taste of like the new rhythm. Like Uranus is here to shake it all up and to shake us out of like the time signature that we were in. So like imagine that we were like in a waltz and now <laughs> we're in 4-4 time. Now we're like in a tango. And who knows, like we might be heading to like a jig, like who knows where it's going. But that's what Uranus and Taurus is doing. It's shaking us out of the old rhythm and bringing us into a new one. Well, and with Uranus involved, it's probably all of those, you know? It's like you're going to have to learn to do all of those dances. Totally. It's like Dance Dance Revolution. Yes. <laughs> so if I may, what I actually would like to do is just give a larger context for this Uranus-Saturn square, because I think it's really useful. Um because we talk about 2020 and 2021, but the truth is these planetary cycles are like really long. Right, yeah. And so I think it's really helpful to get an understanding of like what is like essentially the 45-year story of Uranus and Saturn. Yeah, because it's then like tied into some personal journey of your own to some degree. Exactly. Yeah, they're like points along the road. Bingo. So, you know, they were conjunct. This was the start of the cycle. Anytime planets come together, they start a new cycle because they meet up and they're like, what are we going to do? So this was in 1988. All right. So that's when they met up at the like very last degrees of Sagittarius. So I did a little research because Mercury's in Aquarius and what can I say? So here's some things that were happening in the world around this period of time. So we had the collapse of the Cold War in the Soviet Union. We had Gorbachev and Reagan sign the nuclear treaty. We had regulation of the London Stock Exchange. And um, in 1987, we had Black Monday, that huge stock market crash. We had Chernobyl. And we also had, um, in 1990, we had Nelson Mandela freed from 27 years in prison. And I was just like, oh, 27 years in prison. That's like a complete Saturn cycle. I thought that was so interesting. Um, so to me already, because we're talking about Uranus and Saturn, I think some interesting themes that kind of emerge from this, first and foremost, are like nuclear power, because uranium is responsible for nuclear power. <laughs> right. Uranus, interesting. Technology. You know, the internet was created before 1988, but I think it was really around this time that it, it grew roots and started to become, you know, the thing that it was going to become. And I think Saturn and Aquarius is going to ask us to take responsibility for technology. So oh, that's yeah, in a big way, I think. That's kind of showing up. But also just like, I think it's really interesting because if we follow the story too, this idea of like financial regulation and bailing out the banks and bailing out all these companies, you're going to see as we track this story that that's a theme that's going to be coming up. So we look back at these things because the square and the opposition, these themes kind of keep happening. So you forgot Madonna recorded like a prayer oh, at that huge. time as well. Huge. So culture shifted. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Saturn Uranus through Madonna. <laughs> Okay, so then in 1999, we had the opening square. So we're about to enter into a closing square. But this was the opening square. It was like a lover's quarrel, right? So they got together, and then they spent some time apart, and then they started to fight. So in 1999, we had, well, in 2000, we had the dot-com crash, which was major. All those stocks just, like, tumbled. The dot-com crash happened. Also, like, Y2K. I was going to say, yeah, like, everyone was in a panic in 99. Uh, there was also um, Chernobyl being shut down. So we see the square as the response to the conjunction. Mm. But then there was uh, another nuclear situation that happened in Japan. Um, and it was the biggest situation for that time, Tokimura. And what I thought was interesting was just that what happened there was they used seven times the allowable limit of uranium dioxide. Oh, my God. And seven is connected to Saturn. Oh, yeah, every seven years. Every seven years, Saturn squares. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. 
So that was the opening square. Then in 2008 was the opposition. So the opposition is like a stalemate, right? They're opposing each other, and it can be a really challenging energy. So 2008, what happened? The mortgage crisis. Lehman Brothers was burdened by $60 billion in soured real estate holdings and filed for bankruptcy. Mm. So we're seeing this theme of, you know, like, essentially like, you know, finance and deregulation and the consequences of that. And also I'm just thinking in terms of like Aquarius, right? It's like, we're seeing what happens when you stop taking care of the people and you start taking care of the corporations, right? It's like the backlash of Capricorn. Right. And then also in 2008, interesting, you know, we had Obama elected. Mm -hmm. Literally the opposition happened the day before the election on November 3rd, 2008, which I think is fascinating. Um, and then also Fukushima. Mm -hmm. So again, tracking the story of, of nuclear activity, right? Yeah. And how, even though it wasn't nuclear weapons, right? Because in the conjunction, we had like some nuclear treaty signed. We're still dealing with nuclear power and taking responsibility for it. And then we're here in 2021 with the closing square. Wow. So can I ask one question? You can ask five. Did the did the opposition last a, a good amount of time? Because it seemed like it's a was like an every eleven year, but except for that one. Yeah. I mean the you know, depending on retrogrades and things, the opposition kind of went from two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. Okay. So got those it. three years they were kind of like working their way through Pisces Virgo essentially. Okay. Um Aries Libra. Got it. Um, and now we're here and it's just 2021. Like by the time we get to that last square in December, Saturn is going to pull away and is not going to have any Uranus activity until 2032 when they meet up again at 28 degrees Gemini, which is literally the other side of the wheel. Right. So, you know, it will have been 45 years. They met up at 28 degrees Sagittarius and now they're going to meet up at 28 degrees Gemini. Mm, okay. So, you know, the themes that I'm seeing, and there's a lot more, obviously, and I'm not a history buff, so there's a lot of things that kind of skipped over here. Um, but, you know, like themes of rebellion, themes of technology, and essentially themes of like shaking up the status quo. And what I think is interesting is, you know, Sagittarius, where this began, is the universal truth. Mm -hmm. And it's in some ways like the lead up to Capricorn, like Capricorn structures are built on Sagittarius philosophy. This is true for everybody, you know, group think to some degree. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing how that has its limits, how that fails us to some degree. And when they come together in Gemini, it's the personal truth. It's the personal identity. And so that's part of this story that's happening. So for you personally, you can just kind of think back to, you know, what was Madonna doing and 2011, <laughs> 1999, and 1988. Well, like I said, like a prayer. Then right after Ray of Light, 99. The Sticky and Sweet Tour, 2008, 2010. That was an opposition for sure. <laughs> that opposed me, let me tell you. And was really her last kind of big hit moment. And then uh, with that four-minute song. So you're saying we can look forward to some new Madonna in 2021? I think it's a whole new iteration of her. Wow. In 2021, right? She's closing the door. Yeah. Or she's going to make that movie about her life that really tells us where she's going to literally like show us her recording like a prayer. Wow. Starring Amanda Seyfried? Possibly. Or Flor Florence Pugh. Who's that? She was in um, that movie Midsummer. Didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Couldn't wear it. Love it. Couldn't wear it. Uh, Love it. And this was going to be my Halloween costume, but no. <laughs> so this is all very like, oh, here's Brandon being an Aquarius, thinking about like the big picture and all these global events, which is a lot to process. But I think it's valuable just to give you an understanding oh, yeah. of just the larger story that we're in here. And what's nice about a closing square as opposed to an opening square, because I don't want everyone like freaking out, like, oh, we're going to have like a nuclear meltdown or something that degree. The closing square is where we start to take action to like solve the problems of the cycle. Like we're heading towards resolution. We're heading towards integration. 
But personally, you want to think about the areas of Aquarius and Taurus in your chart, because that's what's being activated this year with Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius and with Uranus and Taurus. These are the parts of your chart that are hot spots, essentially, for your own integration, transformation, and resolution, essentially, of like issues that have been going on for a long time. It's not necessarily going to be easy, and there might be some triggers that get you to pay attention to it, but it's certainly a lot more positive than 2020, which truly was just like a dumpster fire getting us to pay attention and to wake up. And now that we're awake, we can figure out what we're going to do with our, you know, agency. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I think for everyone to consider for themselves how this is personally affecting them, it's, yeah, finding out where uh, in your chart that Saturn's going to be moving in that Aquarius space yeah. and that Uranus is going to be moving in that Taurus exactly so like what house does it occupy in your chart Mm -hmm. but also do you have any planets in Aquarius or in Taurus because Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus they're gonna probably trigger those planets in your chart exactly so like I said I already have a Uranus Saturn square Mm -hmm. um, Saturn at 10 degrees Leo and Uranus at 11 degrees Scorpio Saturn in my fourth house, Uranus in my sixth house. And then, you know, this will be connecting with Saturn in my 10th house in Aquarius and Uranus in my 12th house. Girl, you've got all the fixed signs just just doing like a grand cross with each other, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what do you think? Read me. I... <laughs> I'm not prepared for that, honestly. Are you scared? No, okay, break it down for me again. I, I need to close my eyes and visualize it. I'm like the chick in the queen's gambit. I got to like see the planets on the ceiling. So you got Saturn and Leo. Saturn and Leo. 10 degrees in your sixth house. In my fourth house. Okay, sorry. In your fourth house, Saturn and Leo. Okay. Uranus at 11 degrees Scorpio in my sixth house. Okay. And then Saturn is transiting my 10th house in in Aquarius. So it's opposing it. Saturn opposed Saturn. Uh Uh-huh. And And Uranus Uranus is transiting. Right, in my 12th house. Yeah. Wow. That is a really spicy mix for you. And they're at the degree points that all of these squares are pretty much happening. So am I going to have a nuclear meltdown? (laughs) I mean, honestly, to have Uranus transiting your 12th house feels like spiritual liberation. For sure. And it has been in there for And also a bit like now. shaking up some of the comfortable and familiar rhythms of your spiritual practice. Like it's time to find some new ways to connect to your own divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, I just thought of 99 was the year I started working at the Psychic Eye, the metaphysical bookshop. Oh, hey. Where I walked in and was told, like, you're an astrologer and a healer. And Oh, my gosh. The opening square? That was 99. The opening square? Yeah. And so the closing square is you integrating that into your career. Yep. So, you know, Saturn in the 4th, Saturn in the 10th, taking responsibility for home and work. Mm. taking responsibility for like being the star of the show at home. That's the fourth house. That's your natal chart. I get that every day, but now (laughs) taking responsibility for like being the star of the office, you know, like really leaning into that. Right. And then Uranus in Scorpio in the sixth I mean, honestly, I don't want to touch that. That sounds terrible. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> no. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. I would. I mean, I would have to meditate on this, honestly. Oh, yeah, I, no. I, I mean, it's understandable. For our listeners to hear me just like. <laughs> but I, just as examples of how you look at it in your own chart and see how it shows up. Yeah, but I think it is good to bring up like Leo and Scorpio because those are the other fixed signs. So if you have anything in Leo or Scorpio, they're also going to be woken up. Exactly. Like as far as I'm concerned, you know, like the Aquarians, the Leos, the Scorpios, and the 
Victorians are the ones that are going to be hit the hardest by all of this energy, which is both good and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Sagittarians, Pisces, you might like get a little bit of a break because a lot of this stuff is kind of happening in your blind spot. Um, like Uranus isn't able to like affect you as much. Yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like, you know, the greatest way to approach a lot of this is through flexibility, right? Yeah. And totally. to allow yourself to be really flexible because Uranus loves to bring you know, sudden changes up. It loves to surprise. Um, and when Saturn is like sort of moving along, you know, with its structured plan in place, you know, the square is that Uranus is like, actually, this is where we're going today. Or actually, oh, yeah. everyone needs to be wearing purple, you know, or this, you know, so it's like very much just like, these shifts that come and you have to be flexible enough to take them on. And I think that's where the whole sort of individuality authenticity really comes into play too, because you also have to be willing to lean in, bend in more to your authentic nature and bring it to the workplace, so to speak. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, Rachel Pollack tarot goddess mm -hmm. we've been emailing back and forth with each other because we're gonna get her on the program yeah and she said in an email to me the more things change the more they become themselves mm -hmm. or the more souls change the more they become themselves which yeah. i think is so true totally and we think that identity is this fixed point on a map but Uranus is teaching us that we have to keep changing. We have to keep getting freer and freer. It's like we're peeling these layers off. And so while Saturn wants to crystallize something, the truth is all we can do with Saturn is do our work and take responsibility and allow the changes to keep happening. Well, I think that's the difference, though, is that like they're both change makers, Saturn and Uranus, but Saturn likes to be in control of the change it's making, whereas Uranus likes to you know, sort of be surprised by the change that wants to show up. And I think it's important to like, I'll know that like the change needs to come in order for you to grow, to evolve. Yeah. I mean, I guess Saturn is into change, but it's like slow change. You know what I mean? It's like the erosion of a coastline over like hundreds and thousands of years. Like Saturn yeah. only likes change if it can prepare. What's I mean? It likes to be in control. Of, yeah. the, of the change and it's plan. Like, and it's slow, gradual change, you know? Granted, it like builds over time. It's kind of like a volcano, right? Well, because Saturn is time. Yeah. But then like when the crisis point hits, suddenly there's lava flying everywhere and the atmosphere is completely different. Yeah. I'll give that to you. <laughs> but I guess that's, I'm just saying that's where they meet, right? Is in that word change. I don't know. I'm really struggling with that. Because I really feel like Saturn is the opposite of change. I mean, like change time. Yes. Like things that change slow over time. But for the most part, I feel like Saturn is a planet that's responsible for like the opposite of change. <laughs> like things that like root down and stay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I guess if I look at it from a like Capricorn standpoint and Capricorn is the sign of Saturn, then Saturn, Capricorn is interested in building for the future, but understands that like you have to change the scenery as you continue to move up the mountain. Like that goat doesn't want to like be the same version of itself that it was at the beginning of the journey that it's trying to become at the end of its journey. Right. Okay. So I think... So that's what I mean by change. It's yeah. interested in change, but to your point, yeah, it's not... It's evolution. Yes. Saturn's evolution. Mm -hmm. Things that change over time. That helps me. Whereas Uranus is like, change now. Yeah, it's quick. It's sudden. Change your outfit. Change your hair, you know? Yeah. So... But it forces you into an evolution. Though its evolution is usually more of like a revolution. Mm, yes, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of feel into because Saturn's like, yeah, we are changing slowly and we're changing in this direction and this is the plan and this is the way. 
and Uranus is like, nope, sorry, not now you have wings, deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now the floor's lava, deal with it. Mm-hmm. And Saturn's like, but the grain silos, like I had, oh no. Right, yeah. Do? We hadn't fully prepared. For lava. Exactly. We prepared for like the hurricanes. <laughs> right, and water. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating and exciting because Uranus always brings excitement. And the word that you mentioned before that I don't want to forget to bring up again is disruptor. And I think that that's a really important one that, you know, though 2020 was like full of disruption, like I think we're going to continue to feel even more disruption this year. And I think some people will experience it as chaos or feel the need to create chaos. And again, I think that's where it's important to continue to, you know, align with your authentic beliefs, your truth, um, so that you don't get caught up in anyone else's chaos. That is some profound advice right there. Um, Particularly because we're going to have, you know, the usual three Mercury retrogrades this year, and they're all air sign retrogrades, um, which, you know, Mercury rules those, you know, rules that whole realm of air. And so, you know, on a, from a mental standpoint, it could be very easy to kind of get confused easily, Yeah, at least in those periods of time too. It also feels like drama. Mm-hmm. Like Mercury retrograde and air signs feels like a lot of miscommunication, which we all know is what is the source of drama. Yeah. And we have our first one coming up soon. It starts at the end of this month Woo-hoo! Uh, in Aquarius. <laughs> Um, so we'll see how that plays out. A lot of people, um, probably trying to take back words they said. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. We remember. We have, we have the screenshots. But besides Mercury, Mars isn't retrograde this year, which is a relief. Venus isn't retrograde until the very, very end, like the very end of December. So there's a lot of forward movement that's available. And... The way that 2021 builds on 2020 is really in your personal commitment to acting from the awarenesses that 2020 gave to you. So 2020 was a year of transformation, and it was a year of standing in your own power and understanding what that is, because you didn't really have any distractions from yourself. And now 2021 is like an initiation and we can all, as these new beings move forwards in a way that better, not just our own personal lives, but the collective. And that is that Aquarius energy that like we are all interconnected and we're all in this together. And so the more each and every one of us can stand in our power and do what we came here to do, the better the world is. And I do believe in like the, heart of my heart and the marrow of my being like we are moving towards something beautiful and more honest and true than we've ever had before for sure but sometimes the truth hurts yeah when sometimes you gotta like walk through a you know muddy ditch (laughs) to get to the field of flowers oh so true what a beautiful taurus image (laughs) like ferdinand the bull exactly exactly so so that's kind of the big picture of 2021, yeah? Yeah, that's it. And we'll be doing, you know, cosmic updates all the time. So yeah. we'll be just tapping back into this. We'll be holding throughout your the hands year. Yeah. all the way through. Exactly. Um, so cool. Also, we'll have monthly Astro Clubs every month. So come and talk to us. Let us know how this business is affecting y'all as yeah. we move through it. Because we all should move through it together. And that's kind of what Astro Club is for, too. Because you can, like show up and you can be like i don't know what this means in my chart and we can pull up your chart and we can yeah. look at it together. You can be like this this is what i got going on like let's talk through it we can look at angels crazy uranus saturn oppositions and we can all try to figure out what yeah it well we can do that yeah i would love to get read for filth by everyone um but yeah the aquarius season astro club is on tuesday the 19th so come join us for that 
All right, so now time for our tarot card. Por favor, mi amor. All righty, so here we go. First card of 2021. Take a moment, tune in. You can connect to the card by listening in for the sound of them being shuffled. just knowing that this message will resonate for you no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. The Two of Swords. The Two of Swords is a moment of stillness. It's meditation. It's where the old story of your life and the new story of your life come together and they just sit quietly in front of each other. Swords are stories. So swords connect to all of the air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. And in a lot of ways, the two of swords makes a lot of sense because 2020 maybe illuminated for us what the old stories were collectively, but also personally. In 2021, you get to decide now that you've seen it, whether or not you're going to keep telling the same old story or if there's a new story that's more true, that's more authentic. And so the two of swords is that kind of moment between it's a choice. Twos present us with a fork in the road and you either backtrack the old story or you take the you know road less traveled towards the new story. But in order to understand that fork in the road, because it's not literal, you need a little bit of stillness. You need a little bit of meditation and peace in order to fully understand and in some ways even intuit what's being asked of you in terms of your own personal evolution. Sometimes the Two of Swords shows up to say, not making a choice is making a choice if you don't have enough information at the time. So even though it's January and some of y'all might be like really raring to go, it's okay if somebody wants you to commit to something and you say, you know what, I don't know yet. It's okay to give yourself permission to take a couple more weeks or even a month or two before you fully cement where it is you're going to go and what goals you're going to pursue. This is still wintertime, at least for us Northern Hemisphere folks. It's still a season for reflection and turning inwards. And it's okay if you're not quite ready to reemerge and to go full steam ahead. So the Two of Swords is your permission to kind of sit in the stillness, tune inwards, and allow that silence and that darkness and that stillness to guide you forwards. Beautiful. Thank you. You know what I was thinking? Hmm. Just like you're so Taurus, you're like so Taurian, mm -hmm. and I'm so Aquarius. And even just this like conversation, because it was like collaborative, but also like a little combative, <laughs> was so Aquarius-Taurus square. Totally. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. Uranus is like in the house of your rising, so you're like really exhibiting it. And Saturn is, you know, like in the house of my sun. So I feel like I was like a little Saturnian in this conversation, which mm. is like unusual for me, right? Like I feel like I was a little like stodgy and like unbudging and you were like trying to shake shit up. Right. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in and sharing some time with us. We greatly appreciate it. As we mentioned at the top, you can join us for Breathwork. You can join us for Astro Club or you can join us for 11 weeks for Chart and Soul, the magic of astrology. We taught this last year. It was truly a hoot and a holler. It was fun. And also just like a really beautiful community that gathered. So we're only teaching this once um, in 2021. So sign up for the March 11th start date or forever hold your peace. Okay. Or at least hold it till 2022. Exactly. Uh, if you want to find out any information on all of our offerings, you can go to our website, thespiritualgaze.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, which comes out every other week. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze, Twitter at Spiritual Gaze, Facebook at The Spiritual Gaze. And uh, you can always email us at thespiritualgaze at gmail.com. Thanks for letting us serve you. Thanks for being here. We're so excited for what this new year has in store for our community and our connection and our collective healing. 
So until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.